who qualified her part two. Oh, <laughs> Have you ever been rejected for a position? Let's say you applied to a position, a job posting, something that you were interested in, that you thought, I have pretty much the qualifications that are being sought, and somebody told you, you're not qualified? <laughs> yep, that was me. So before I get into that story, I'm going to backtrack a bit and talk about my experience in my internship. So, back in 2018, when I was completing my master's program in public policy, we needed to also complete an internship. So, I had all my plans set up. At that time, I had been working for York Region for about four years, and I had everything planned out. Once it's time for my internship, I'll ask for a leave of absence, um, but before that, I'll try to get a position within the region since it'll make sense, right, to just transition into a role after I complete my program. So I did some outreach to some managers, and at the time, there weren't many internship opportunities. There were about two or three, but I wasn't quite interested in those positions. So I reached out to some managers to see if they were willing and able to create positions in the kind of work that I wanted to do, which is in diversity. I reached out to a, a manager, and she had mentioned that it's a really great idea. They'll perhaps look into it for the next summer because by the time I reached out, it was February. So I guess it wasn't feasible. Cool. So I realized that there wasn't going to be a position created by the time I needed it. So I needed to make a decision about whether I was going to do my internship elsewhere. So I ended up applying to the city of Toronto for my internship. And it was really, really interesting because I remember... I actually applied to York Region because at that time, like I said, York Region had a couple positions, but I wasn't quite interested in them. But I thought, hey, I'll apply to the position so I can just keep my seniority, keep my role within York Region, finish my program and transition into a full time policy position. So that was a plan. I applied to a position with the York Region and I didn't get it. I remember I followed up a few times and I asked the program manager, hey, like I applied to this position. I currently work for York Region. I think it's a great opportunity for me to be able to contribute to the region that I live in and I work for. So following up on my application, I remember she had told me that she's not the program manager for that position at the time. And so I was like, okay, I don't know what's going on here, but I'm just going to look elsewhere. So I applied to the city of Toronto, actually just randomly. I was like, okay, I'll try. I don't really care to work for the city of Toronto at that time because I always thought like people who really gets into the city of Toronto, you know? So anyways, I applied and I remember on my way um, from, from class, I was actually about to go into the subway and I just had the inclination that I need to check my email. So I checked my email and I saw that I had an invite to an interview for the internship program. I'm like, oh, okay, wow. Like, I didn't really expect that, but awesome, cool. So I responded to that email and I said, yep, I'll be there for the interview. 
Um, and I thought about it. I'm like, okay, well, I haven't heard from New York region, so we'll see what happens. So fast forward, I went to the interview and I was at work. So then a couple days at work, the next day, actually, not even a couple days, the next day after my interview, I was at work at York region and I saw a call coming in from the city. And I was like, why is the city calling me the next day? It's a little bit too quick. I just had my interview. Is it because they want to tell me that I'm not being considered? But then I thought about it and I'm like, they're not going to call me and tell me I'm not being considered if I'm being considered. And they're not going to call me that quickly to tell me I'm not being considered. Right. So I was like, okay, pick up the phone. So I picked up the phone and uh, I heard the voice on the other line and the recruiter said, hey, this is so-and-so and I'm calling to let you know that the city of Toronto wants to hire you. They want to let you know right away so that you don't take any offers anywhere else. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I honestly had all my plans that I was going to work at York Region. So city of Toronto, what? So I was like, okay, that's amazing. Like they called the next day. That means they clearly want me to join the team. So I accepted the offer and I started my internship. When I started my internship, my manager immediately increased my responsibility, right? So I had a few tasks, right, that were part of the job posting. But when I got there and I had a one-on-one -on -one with my manager, she asked me to do additional work, right, to create a workshop for senior management. And senior management uh, is made up of nine directors and one general manager who's basically like the direct the CEO of the division I was working for. And so I said, okay, hey, this is great because I enjoy this work. I really want to be able to bring an anti-black racism lens or black perspective to the work that I'm doing because in this team there are no other black policy folks. So I was like, okay, this is great. So I start my internship, I'm preparing for the workshop, I'm creating this really interactive workshop with lots of technology, making it fun and engaging and wanting to really, really do really well, right? Because like I said in part one, one thing is I learned that I have authority, I have power, I am the light, I am the salt. So everywhere I go, I have to extinguish darkness, I have to bring flavor to every place, every room that I step in. So I, I always, you know, I prayed about it. So I started at the city and, you know, I'm there creating this workshop and I'm thinking to myself, well, I hope I'm not the only black person in the room, right? But of course, <laughs> I was. So I remember when I was doing the, the workshop. So it was a two-part workshop where I was leading the division to evaluate the, the city of Toronto's children's services, um, service system plans. Well, service system plan is an outline of the plans that the children's services division wants to do over four to five years. And within that plan, there are guiding principles that the division will use to guide the work that they do, right? Just like any organization, there are principles that guides the work that they do. And so my task was to create a workshop evaluating and that they were substantive or that they had substance to them. So they were meaningful, right? They were actually, they actually carried weight. And so I was excited to get this work done so I walk into the room and I'm sitting in the room I'm waiting for the directors to come in so this is day one part one 
And I'm sitting in the room and, you know, the directors are filling up the room and I'm seeing that, okay, like, I'm getting the point that I'm the only black person on the policy team. I'm the only black person pretty much doing this work. And on top of that, I'm a woman. And on top of that, I'm a black woman and I'm the youngest in the room. And so I'm thinking, okay, are all of these directors going to really take what I'm saying serious because... Who's this random girl who's a student who's coming to teach us how to evaluate the work that we're doing? These principles have been in this service system plan for over 10 years. So mind you, there has been no change. So who am I as a young black woman, as a young black female student coming into this space to change these things, to challenge these things, to motivate or push people to think about these things, right? Well, (laughs) you got to do what you preach, right? So I said, God, I need you to give me the boldness and the strength and the wisdom to lead this group of directors and general manager who don't know me from anywhere. And so I remember that day I, I did the presentation, I led uh, the the workshop. And I remember saying that, you know what, for part one of this workshop, I don't want anybody to provide any feedback in terms of words. You can jot down some notes, but keep all your thoughts to yourself. We'll come back for part two, which was actually on my birthday on July 6, 2018. We'll come back and we will reconvene and you can provide your input at that time. And you can provide your input at that time. And so... You know, we went through the workshop. I remember after part one, my supervisor came to me and he's like, that was amazing. Like, all the directors are talking about you. And I remember my director came to me and she's like, Eunice, honestly, you are brilliant. And in my head, I was like, okay, like, you know, when you kind of feel that awkwardness about taking compliments because it's like, it's, it's a little awkward, you know, like you're the youngest in the room. It's like, Who am I to tell people who I could consider my aunts what to do, what to consider, what not to say, right? But I knew that God had given me authority to do that, to to teach and and to change and to challenge so that we can think outside of the box and bring real change to this work. And so fast forward to week two. Um, I remember Elvis actually sent me a really beautiful gift to work and everybody was like, oh my gosh, who is this guy that you were dating? Like, he's so amazing. He's sending you all these beautiful gifts to work. And I'm like, I know he's so amazing. (laughs) So then I was so excited, obviously, because it was my birthday. Elvis sent me gifts. We planned on going out and celebrating after. So I was on a hype. But I also knew that, that again, I was going to step into that place and I was going to shake that room. And I was going to bring real impact. And so I stepped into that second part of the workshop. Obviously, by the grace of God, did a fantastic job. And I remember, you know, directors, they were just talking to me, talking about the work that I had done. And they haven't seen this level of, you know, uh, dedication and leadership, especially from a student. And... For me, it was interesting because I know with this division, they hadn't really had policy students. So I was the first student there. And it's amazing because the first student there in the division is a black, young, female student. And so I said, you know what? This can only be God. So fast forward, 
I complete my internship, I'm thinking, okay, they have voiced many times that we want to keep you. Remember my director even said something to the effect of, you remind me so much of my daughter and I want to give you bags of clothes because you and my daughter have similar styles. And I was like, what? Lady, just give me a job. <laughs> so after I finished my internship, I was expecting to get a job at the city. But by that time, that's when the new government came in at the provincial level and so there was a hiring freeze if some of you have heard about the hiring freeze in Ontario so long story short they couldn't bring me on board cool so here I am thinking okay I worked at York Region for almost four years I gained seniority yes I'm no longer with the organization so I'm not internal but I should be able to get back in right like shouldn't be that tough I got in once at least I've been there for a long time for some time so I should be able to get back in hmm. I applied so this is after actually I actually started applying to jobs right after I resigned actually in May funny enough because I wanted to make sure because I know the the hiring process can be quite lengthy so I wanted to apply in time to get back in by the time my internship was done in August so I applied to an administrative role, no call. Applied to my previous role, no call. Applied to another position, no call. Applied to several positions, no call. Applied to 10 positions, nada. Applied to 20 positions, nothing. Applied to 50 positions, nothing. Not even a... Let me send her an email by accident or let me ring her phone once by accident. Nothing. No call, no email, nothing. So I reached out because I still had contact with recruiters. I reached out to inquire about positions. Hey, send your resume along. We'll send it over to the policy folks or people in the, in the region who are looking for people who have experiences like yourself. So here, here I am sending my resume, excited, like, oh my goodness, I'm going to get a call. Nothing. Okay. So I graduate in 2019, and here I am still pursuing York Region, like, okay, I need a job in my field. Like, I'm getting to the point where I'm actually applying to just anything, just any role, like even an administrative role. It doesn't matter that I have a graduate degree. I'm willing to take on any job. Okay, so I'm applying, I'm applying, I'm applying, I'm applying. No call. So I reach out to the recruiter again and I say, hey, I see this opportunity, senior policy analyst. I see it on the, the website. I'm interested in applying. Here's my resume. He responds back with, okay, how many years of experience do you have in policy? So I'm, you know combining the years of experience that I've gained through my program, doing pro bono work, volunteer work, all of those, because that accounts for something, right? And so he responds telling me that you need to have at least five years of experience. Otherwise, pretty much you don't qualify for the role. So I said to myself, no, <laughs> that's not going to be how we do this. I don't need to have, because before that, I had actually spoken to a manager who told me that you actually don't need that many years of experience. You just have to demonstrate that you have the skills and the capability, etc. 
you have the ability to do the work. It's not just about being qualified based on the number of years of experience you have. And so I said, okay, this is great. But he didn't know I had that uh, conversation. So when he told me that, I said, okay, cool, we'll see. You're going to send my resume around? Cool. Even if there's a policy position that's not a senior level, I'm willing to take that position. So I didn't hear anything. And I was like, okay, well, he told me I don't qualify, right? Basically. So, okay, here we go. Somebody telling me I don't qualify for a position. But isn't God amazing? (laughs) I applied to a position with the Ontario government. It wasn't a senior position. It was a program analyst position. But I, I applied to this position and I got in. And I declared and I spoke and I claimed and I received that job is mine. So I got into that position and funny enough, (laughs) isn't God so interesting? Funny enough, I was connected to a team within my ministry that was looking for senior policy analysts. Go figure, right? So here I am, and I walk into the room, and I see two people, right? Before that, I said, remember I mentioned that I applied to a job with the Ontario government. It wasn't a senior position job, but I applied to that job. I claimed it was mine. Went to the interview, got the position. I was the only person externally out of five people that they hired, I was the only person that came in externally. At the time, there was a hiring freeze. So they were actually not even bringing people in externally. So think about how amazing that is. Okay. So I'm introduced to a director, still in my ministry, but a different area. This is two months into my position. So I'm excited. I'm like, okay, oh my gosh, it's great. Like I'm going to be able to talk about all these great things that I'm excited about, get to meet, you know, a black female director, leader within this organization. We can chop it up. We can talk, we can laugh, all this good stuff. So I walk into the room and nobody's there yet. So I'm like, okay, maybe she's on her way. Cool. Then I see two people come in, one woman and one man coming into the room. And I'm like, Who are these people? Are they lost? Why are they here? (laughs) I don't know them. This is awkward. Like, where is the director? So I'm sitting at the table and the lady starts um, speaking with me and having conversations. And she's like, oh, hey, I'm so-and-so. I'm really excited to, to meet you. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, who are these people again? Like, I don't know who these people are. But anyways, I love meeting new people. So I was, we just talked, we laughed. Uh, Not knowing in the email invite that was created for me and the director, there was two other people in the email invite who were the two other people who were sitting in the room. And I didn't realize, I just kind of saw their names, but I was like, okay, I don't know who they are. Maybe they're just part of the team. Didn't really think that it was anything really. Maybe just other people who wanted to meet me, right? So we're chopping it up. We're laughing. We're having fun. we're, We're having really great conversations, getting to know each other. And... Then uh, the director goes, okay, I'm going to go for lunch. I'm hungry now. I'm like, yes, go ahead. Enjoy your lunch. Black people, we don't play with our food. But it's cool. We're laughing. We're having fun. We're getting to know each other. Cool. So I'm sitting in the room and the, the, the man is asking me questions, right? That kind of resemble 
interview questions, but I'm like, this is not an interview. Like, they didn't send me an interview invite. There's no way this is an interview. So remember what I asked you. Who said you don't qualify for that position? Who said so? Hmm? Who told you? Okay. All the deets are in chapter four and five, so I'm not going to get into all of them here. You'll have to listen. So let's fast forward a bit. <laughs> so I'm in this conversation, so I'm like, okay, you're, you're looking for senior policy analyst. What does that have to do with me? <laughs> right? And, he's, and so I'm thinking this, and he's like, yeah, I'm looking for senior policy analyst. So again, he's asking me like interview style questions. So now I've, I've realized already at this point that this person is a manager. Okay, and he's looking to fill uh, this role. So I'm like, okay, well, he can't possibly be thinking of hiring me because I finished my master's degree, you know, a few months ago. Um, I was just told that I don't qualify for a similar position at the municipal level. So what would make me qualify for this similar position at a provincial level, right? Because the order of government is municipal or local governments. Then you have provincial, the provinces and territories, and then um, you have the federal government in Canada, right? So the provincial government is the second highest level of order. So I'm thinking if I don't qualify at the local level, which is the, the, the last level really, right? What makes me think I'm going to qualify for the second highest level? Then again, I said, nope, I know who God has called me to be. Even if I don't qualify on paper, baby, that job is going to be my job. And at that meeting, he said, you know what, straight up, like, I'm not going to beat around the bush right now. I just want to let you know that I want to bring you on my team as a senior policy analyst. And in my head, I was like, how does this make sense? Because somebody just rejected me from a position. Let's take it all the way back to May 2018. When they didn't give me the job as an intern at an organization that I've worked for for so long, they didn't approve a leave of absence for me so that I could come back after my internship at the city of Toronto. I applied to over 50 jobs with this organization entry level and I got no call and I was told by a recruiter that I don't qualify for a senior policy analyst position. So how are you telling me that you want to bring me on as a senior policy analyst? Do you understand? Do you get it? Okay. So I'm looking and I'm like, wow. The same position that I got rejected for. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I even forgot one part. Rewind to York Region. In those 50 applications that I had made, I applied to be a caseworker for social assistance. And I remember reaching out to the recruiter at the time and I called and I emailed and I was like, um, I'm, I want to follow up on my application because I've been working in social services for about two, three years. And I believe I have the skills and the capability to do this job. She looked at my resume and she said, Eunice, you don't qualify for this position. You don't have enough years of experience in social assistance. Okay. She said, I don't qualify. So I said, can you break down to me exactly how I don't qualify for the position? And she said, well, you don't have 
this and this experience. You need more of this experience. And I said, I don't see how you're coming up with all of these things because my resume demonstrates that I am qualified for this job. But if I'm not going to get an interview for this position, I will get something greater. And that's what I said. The job that I applied to actually initially, the program analyst position with the Ontario government, that job was overseeing the social assistance caseworker position that I applied for and I was told that I didn't qualify for. Are you actually, like, just <laughs> let that just marinate. I was rejected from a position, told that I wasn't qualified for it, and then I applied to a position that was during a time where there was a hiring freeze, so external applicants weren't actually being hired, but I, I, I actually came across this job. I applied for this job. I was hired as the only external person for this position, and this position oversees the position that I was rejected. <laughs> just, I just want you to understand and see that when you stand firm in who God has already qualified you to be and the power and the authority you have, nobody, nothing can stop that. And the two positions that I was rejected from one position I got, I oversaw that role I was rejected for. The other one, I was given a similar position in a higher level of government that essentially in a ministry that oversees that job where I was rejected. So I want you to just think about this. What I learned too, right, is that the word testimony means do it again. So as I'm sharing, God is going to do it for you too. I'm not sharing just so that I can share for sharing's sake, but I want you to see the hand of God in every step of the way. And I want you to be encouraged and bold and confident that just because somebody told you you don't qualify for something does not mean that you don't qualify. So that's not luck. That's God's hand aligning beautifully.